Welcome to another episode of Mutual Assured Conversation. I am joined by Luca Vetz. Hello, Nick. And I'm Nicholas Webb. Um, we are going to do another one of those reminiscing episodes. We're going to be talking about hustings, election hustings. Luke, I could run through all the hustings I've done and you'd still be talking about probably the first week of your Kerrigan campaign because they, yeah. they were nightly virtually it, for you, it, weren't they? It was very intensive in that last month. Um, so I stood as a uh, as a Conservative candidate in Kerrigan in twenty ten for the uh, for the general election, uh, and there were an awful lot of hustings packed in to the last. Do you actually uh, know how many? Um, I think it was twenty seven that I did <laughs> in the thirty one days leading to the election. I seem to recall it's it, it's in that region, and I. I did turn down a couple as well. I've stood in three national elections and I've not done anywhere near twenty-seven. <laughs> there, well, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of interest, but um, in 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 Keradigion generally in the election, um, and there are lots of different groups um, who put on hustings focusing on fairly narrow areas um, of, of of policy. Um, it, is that my uh, preferred way of doing hustings? No, I can say that now. I would prefer um, for there to be one hustings in each town in Keradigion, um that you go to, and everybody has the option of, of doing a wide range or uh, asking a wide range of questions. But that's how it was, um, and uh, yes, it was exhausting actually, um, and it generally involved going around different um, town and village halls. Um, with the same people, uh, the same sort of people in the the audience, mostly party members. I was about to ask, how many votes do you think you got on the basis of your Hustings performance? Oh, well, I'm not. Well, I suppose back then I'm not saying that I was particularly good, but I mean, when I looked out at the audience, um, how, how and many I discounted voters were out <coughs> yeah. there listening to decide on their votes. Once I discounted the Plaid and the Liberal Democrat members. Um, and the, the, the Conservative and the Labour, um, anybody who's party political, uh, you know, the, the most, I think, there might have been 30 people that, that I could have persuaded in, in, in one. In others, I've sat there and there has literally been one person that I don't recognise as being a member of a party. And that's, that's soul-destroying, actually, if you're trying to persuade so few voters in the, in the immediate run-up to a campaign... Uh, in, uh, to a, an actual uh, polling day, you want to be out there, you want to be talking to people on the doorstep, having some sort of influence, and instead you're in a village hall in the middle of nowhere trying to persuade one or two people to vote for you. It doesn't feel like it's a good use of your time. The interesting thing is, I, I agree with you, I don't think, I, I kind of quite enjoy Hastings sometimes, well, the, the more open ones when it's not a specific topic. Yeah. Um, but I guess what's interesting is you're right. I've never thought of it as being a particularly good use of my time as a candidate. And frankly, when I was doing a hustings, I would pretty much lose the whole of that day to preparing for it as well. It wouldn't just be the turning up the talk mm-hmm. um, in the evening. It would be the preparation on the policy side of it, considering what t- kind of topics were likely to come up. But actually then, to pack the hall with your supporters, who could be out canvassing for you or could be out leafleting for you, it's all the more bizarre, isn't it? Mm. It's it's just my experience might be different from from other people who have stood as as, as candidates, um, but I I mean 
there were some hustings which for me just seemed completely pointless now, there was no way that I was going to be able to influence anybody there at all and I'm sure you've had a similar sort of feeling the campaign for nuclear yes, disarmament that's the one has I been was kept in mind that's um, yeah, the, the campaign for nuclear disarmament hustings were held ahead of the 2015 general election. Um, and, I mean, I was, I was on a panel. The, the Lib Dems, were no, at a national level, were was supportive of the renewal of Trident. Their candidate locally wasn't, so even he was against me. The, everybody else on the panel was opposed to the renewal of Trident. Um, but it was the point at which the chair who actually later turned out to be the socialist Labour candidate for Torvine, <laughs> um, turned on me as well. And I was, um, yeah, that, that was a... Well, I, I actually spoke... I bumped into um, Paul Flynn, the, the Labour MP's wife, in Tesco's a couple of days later, and I described it as an away game for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I... I had quite a few of those away games yeah I think and, and a away game like those old European football matches where the Turkish side railed a banner saying welcome to hell <laughs> I think it was Trabz on Spore I might, I might have the wrong Turkish football team but so just just thinking back then Nick when when was your first Hustings um I, well, there was well, a hesitation well, yeah I, it was 2011 because I, I did stand for council before that but there weren't any hustings in that i don't think uh, so 2011 assembly election newport east uh it was in newport center it was me versus john griffiths who um, has been the labor am since newport east has had an am um and liz newton if i remember her name rightly who was uh the liberal democrat candidate for newport west um it was run by uh, housing charities, so it had a particular focus on that. Um, I don't remember a huge amount about it. I do remember one point where um, John and I clashed a little bit, which, um, well, you expect that in that scenario. It's slightly odd, because uh, afterwards, I, mean, I, I bump into John Griffiths fairly frequently around Newport, um, and I think maybe that was the one moment where we didn't know each other very well and we perhaps slightly misjudged the personality of the other. Um, but what really sticks with me is towards the end, there was um, a lady in the audience who asked, why can't you just come together for the good of all of us? Or something like that, I'm paraphrasing. Um, uh, rather than being off on your own, you know, political tribes or, mm. or whatever. And actually, I wish I had this answer at the time because I didn't, and I didn't answer it as well as I could. Um, but in hindsight, I, so so lady in the audience from 2011. If you're listening now, this is Nick's answer. I don't reckon she voted for me if I'm being completely. Oh. But nonetheless, um, the actually, it's it's our job, those three candidates' job, to put to the electorate the best image they can of what the future should look like mm. and the powers with the electorate if everybody got i mean i know it was, it was never going to happen but if all the other parties if all the parties got together 
and hash together their proposal. That's a behind closed doors, smoke filled room solution, isn't it? Yeah, you might it, as well it, just have the one yeah. candidate. Yeah, exactly. It'd be so, like momentum um, backing uh, Rebecca Long Bailey being the only person on the on the ballot. Right. Uh, we we haven't got time for the yes. We're not, we're not going. We're not the going convoluted to talk about nature that. of a Labour leadership contest. Does anybody no. actually understand how that? I reckon there's lots of people who understand bits of it, and they kind of all come together so they can work it all out. It's, yes. like, it's like how you elect the American president. <laughs> Nobody understands the entire system, but there are enough people who understand bits of it that they can get together to work it out. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I remember. 2011. The other one I remember from 2011 is the Newport Trade Unions did mm. a range of hustings, um, and. I genuinely couldn't make it, um, and I know that if I'd gone along as a Conservative candidate to Newport Trade Unions hustings, I'd have been shouted at quite a bit, mm. <laughs> um, probably quite politely, but nonetheless, it, it, it weren't a, there probably weren't a huge number of friends in the audience, let's be fair. Um, but I felt that it looked like I was ducking mm. it, and I really had to, I, I was working that evening, mm. and it'd been in the diary for a long time. But I was sort of overemphasising the fact that I was really sorry that I was going to miss it because I did feel that that was the impression it was going to give. And sure enough, the write-up in the paper was um, so-and-so from Labour said this, so-and-so from Plaid Cymru said this, and the Conservatives and Lib Dems weren't present. Um, And that's actually an interesting point on two levels. One, newspaper accounts of hustings are really frustrating because they go out of their way to pick one interesting thing that everybody said. Mm. So you could have absolutely mullered the opposition, and yet that will not come across in the newspaper report because they will just pick one thing that the Labour candidate said, one thing the Plaid candidate mm. said, one thing the Liberal candidate said, one thing the Conservative candidate mm. said. Um, and the flip side, and this is something that, dare I say it, our Prime Minister might learn, is that the only negative you can really get from Hastings I do take, make one exception to that chap in Scotland who announced he was in the wrong constituency when he stood up to make oh, his yes. speech, the, the SNP <laughs> candidate. Um, but generally speaking, the only thing that really hurts you in a Hastings is not being there. Mm-hmm. Because the way, whatever the room is, part of what you're trying to do is get a decent write-up. Mm. Um, we're talking a local level. It's unlikely to be any more than the local paper who are interested in this. Um, get a decent write-up in the local paper because that's going to reach people who might not have made up their minds. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't criticise them for doing it. It was a perfectly accurate reflection. I wasn't mm. there. Mm. But it was so frustrating mm. knowing that there was a good reason why I wasn't mm. there. Yeah. I mean, my, my first hustings uh, was, uh, I, I remember it very well, um, was, was in 2010. It was in the Moreland Centre in Aberystwyth, and it was organised by uh, the Peace and Justice Group and who doesn't want peace and justice? Well, peace and justice sounds good. It is, but the the group um, uh, I suppose the hustings was generally about um, the um, Watchman drones uh, that were being uh, tested at Aberporth, and so that was the main focus. And I think there'd been a uh, one, one had crashed, and um, there, there were there were but there were other general defence issues. Um, and so that was um, absolutely terrifying as a first <laughs> Hustings experience as a Conservative candidate at the time, going into that sort of environment. They were never going to be particularly supportive. Um, but um, 
before coming here, I, I did find the write-up um, to it, and it's it's always made me. Um, so made where, me where was this like, written up? Uh, so this was on this is on the Peace and Justice um, website. Okay. From the time I, I, so I don't Peace know. and Justice are a campaign group, are they? <laughs> I, I think so. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what they're focusing on now. Um, Probably but, peace uh, and or well, justice. yes, yeah. Um, but um, the, the line for anyone expecting fiery exchanges, it turned out to be a slow grill set to tepid, <laughs> which actually I think was quite good. Um, Could have been worse. Also, also, I think I got out of it well. So they were summarising the position on um, UAVs um, of, of everybody. So they go through the Liberal done, um, uh, unmanned, unmanned, um, unmanned armed, armed vehicles. Is it the drones, basically? Drones, okay, anyway. Right. Um, and so they, they talk about Mark Williams' position and Penny James was the play candidate. And then they say the, the Conservative said he supported defensive use only as watchkeeper is both. He is nicely poised mid fence doing nothing. <laughs> I was quite happy with that because what they said about Labour was Labour said he would ask his parents if he could be allowed to have a position. And I thought that was absolutely brutal. <laughs> um, and it, they, they were, that, that was a baptism of fire. Um, I must say, I didn't particularly enjoy that one. Um, didn't you have a situation as well where some of your hustings were in Welsh, but not all the candidates could speak Welsh? Uh, yes, yeah, and um, I, I remember going to one at a school um, where the, uh, where actually the um, head boy, um, who actually now works for a political party, uh, was um, was almost told off by one of the teachers because he was asking the candidates questions in English. Um, instead of all in Welsh, even though not all the candidates spoke Welsh. Um, and it just seemed, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've been in a Welsh language hustings. I wasn't taking part in it, but I, I've been in the audience for Welsh language hustings. But they provided headsets. Yes. You know, so it, it was in Welsh, but I mean, the, the, the candidate I was supporting at the time didn't speak Welsh, so it was using the, the headset. And it, it was in a Welsh language club, and she got a little bit of... Um, Criticism is probably too strong a word, but you know there, there was clearly a bit of dissatisfaction that other candidates were able to, to um, converse bilingually. But at least they had the opportunity, <laughs> the headsets, to have somebody sat on stage being yes. asked questions in a language that they don't understand. Yes, is 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 just um, is is bonkers. I mean, on on the whole, actually, I think that I was um, dealt with pretty fairly in in Ceredigion. So my Welsh is good enough to answer questions at at a hustings. Um, His Welsh is very good. He's underselling us. Oh well, thank you very much. But but uh, but some of the the technical terms that you might use. I mean, I, what I speak is Cardi Welsh. Let's 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 be honest. It's it's sort of Wenglish, um, really. When when push comes to shove. But it was it was okay, and that really did help me. I think if I had only spoken English, if I was a monoglot yeah. uh, going to Hastings in Ceredigion, then it would have been very difficult. Um, the other the other Hastings that really sticks in my mind was I was invited to um, the NFU uh, Wales Hustings and it was it was billed as a, a fairly relaxed um, affair and when I got there um, it was it was a, a far it was held at a farm in Sillian in the middle of of Ceredigion and there were television cameras there was the BBC there was ITV um, it was the manifesto launch for the whole of Wales um, the um, assembly had just made um, an announcement on the badger cull. Ellen Jones was being um, badgered. 
<laughs> yes, I suppose so. And as I arrived, she was being asked some questions by ITV. Um, there were lots and lots of people there. It was held um, in a in a cowshed. It was held in in a cowshed with with cows mostly in situ. Uh, there was plastic patio furniture we were led to, and we were grilled by the farmers basically. And uh, farmers don't mince their words when it comes to these things, and it was absolutely terrifying. And one of the one of the times of my life that has stayed with me is looking out in the audience and seeing Kirsty Williams looking so sorry for me. <laughs> she, she, you know, she she looked like she really wished that she could do something to help me in answering these questions, and I didn't think I came out of it particularly badly. You know, I think I came out of it better than than, than other candidates, but it really was quite an experience um, and again not what I was expecting to um, to deal with um, it wasn't quite as billed and so the plus side is if you are standing for elected office going to these hustings it is something you get better at you get better at preparing for them you get better at getting your your message across and it does help you deal with a wide range of people and a wide range of issues. I want to talk about two hustings in 2012. 2012 was the Police and Crime Commissioner election um, and um, there were very different events. I have to confess I can't actually remember where one of them was held um, but the first one of them it must have been somewhere around sort of Cumbranish way I think or, or maybe maybe into Wistloin, I'm not sure. It was it was sort of lower valleys at least. Um, and um, the audience was incredibly constituted of interest groups. Mm -hmm. um, so I remember the question from, from Usdor, which I, I, mm -hmm. I think you all know the spokesperson from Usdor was regularly involved in, in hustings and stuff in, in the area, asked that question. Um, and there were various other ones and it was quite because this was the first time there'd been a police commissioner election um, and the interest levels were relatively low um, <laughs> then it it did sort of attract those who had a real real interest in it and I remember one question being asked and I don't remember now the specifics of it but it was something quite intricate about police contracts and there's four candidates for this election were two independents who'd previously been police officers um the labor candidate who i think was a lawyer by background it was a solicitor uh, hamish hamish sanderson yes mm. um and he'd advised the labor home secretary as well mm -hmm. so he'd been quite heavily involved in in government during labor's time in power um and me um my pitch was always fresh eyes that's all you could pitch, really, when you were up against those three, wasn't it? You know, a fresh approach. Fresh approach, so yeah. not experience. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to outdo the one experience, so fresh eyes. Um, and, and a genuine interest in the role, to be fair. I mean, it, 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 it sticks with me. It's something I'm, I'm particularly proud that I stood for, actually. Um, but this question came up, and it was very intricate about police pensions. And it was due to be my turn to answer first. And Ian Johnson, who went on to win and become the police commissioner, 
piped up with, I think to be fair to Nick, I should take that question first. And in my mind, I'm thinking, now I must look really put out that he's been so patronising <laughs> to do that. At the same time, I actually don't know what this question relates to. And I'm quite pleased he's answering first so that I can adapt my answer as a result. Did you talk with him afterwards? Yeah, he Did you thank him? Uh, no, no. If he's listening to this, this is the first time he knows that story. Um, no, in all fairness, there, there was one brief moment where Ian bizarrely told the local paper that I lived in Bath, um, which has got to be about the poshest slur that anybody has thrown at their opponent ever. Um, and I ended up actually offering to um, go to the South Wales Argus reporter with my rail card to prove that while I worked in Bath, I was travelling from Newport every day. Um, but um, that aside, we got on really well during the mm. campaign. In fact, I think partly because none of them really thought that I had a chance of winning, <laughs> which makes it easier to like somebody, let's be honest. I didn't think I had a chance of winning either. Um, I did my best, but, you know, realistically. Um, I actually got on well with... I felt I got on well with all the candidates. I think after the television hustings, because that's an interesting aside that I, was, I hadn't thought of mentioning during this, but there were televised hustings um, for... Um, for the PCC election as well, um, I think they're probably the the natural Conservative Labour rivalry sort of mm. kicked in a bit more there. But with the independents, I got on really well with them. And to be honest, I had no problem with Hamish either. I mm. mean, I, we, we were polite to one another throughout it. I think um, the other one I wanted to mention is probably the best hustings I've ever done. And not, not I don't mean from my point of view. I think I've done better. <laughs> Pardon me. Um, but it was in Abergavenny, there was more than 100 people there. And it felt, I mean, I, I remember one of them, I think, was a former chief superintendent. So you had some people who were very engaged in policing. But it, it was felt like a really broad range of people. And there was really good questions. One of the independents wasn't able to make it. But myself, um, Ian Johnson and Hamish Sanderson did that, Hastings. And just really vibrant, really interesting. You felt that the people there were really taken on board what was being said you know I'm not going to claim that I won it many votes that night I've got, I've got no idea to be honest um, standing as a conservative in Abergavenny it's reasonably good territory for me mm. so I probably had a slightly better time than I would in some other parts of the area um, but yeah really impressive questions as well coming forward from the audience and it didn't I don't want to criticise those who turn up to ask the question that is relevant to their organisation because I understand the importance of doing that but when you're on the receiving end of the questions, when you feel that people are asking you because they really mm. want to take on board your mm. view as opposed to just you making the point in the question, yeah. that's quite powerful. Yeah. So that was, that was the 2012 experience. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's a, a good experience. If you can have, if, if you have a respectful relationship then with, uh, with the other candidates and you've got a room full of people who are um, living in the local area don't necessarily have the one point you know, they're there to ask you questions uh, um, because you want to be a local representative for them um, that's, that's a, that, yeah I can see why that would be an enjoyable experience. Having thrown in televised hustings into this mm. it crosses my mind that there was another form of hustings Twitter hustings. Oh yes The South Wales Argus run uh, ran a Twitter hustings for the Police and Crime Commission election. They also did it again for the general election in 2015. Interesting, I don't think they have for the last two um, general elections. Um, 
And um, that was an interesting experience. But the thing that struck me most was uh, in the Police and Crime Commissioner one, we actually got given the questions in advance, not hugely in advance, maybe an hour, hour and a half in mm. advance, uh, which, to be honest, was probably quite generous and it allowed us all mm. to prepare our tweets. And uh, I, I think Paul Flynn got annoyed that I answered in multiple tweet threads at one point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Um, um, and it, it was a little bit. There were moments of farce in it. There was there was a point where um, one of the candidates, I think I know which one, but I'm not certain, so I won't I won't say it just in case. Said that at least I'm answering the questions. Unlike the Tory, only to realise that he just wasn't following me on Twitter. So I was answering the questions. He just wasn't <laughs> seeing them. Um, and and the newspaper came back and said that. Um, but we had these ten questions in advance, and then an eleventh was thrown in. Now, what makes this 11th interesting is it was a very particular question and it came from an interesting source. And that source was a member of staff in the Labour MP's office who's now gone on to greater things, but we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there on that comment. Um, and it asked whether any of us were Freemasons. And I'm just sort of slightly bemused by this um, because... It's, it's a very specific question. Yeah. I, if I'm honest, I felt slightly put out that the newspaper had allowed this additional question, which so clearly had come from a political persuasion. Mm. Um, I'm not, so it was an easy answer. Mm. <laughs> um, and um, indeed, everybody answered that they weren't. Um, and about five or six years later, I had a chat with the person who submitted that and um, because I, it had just sort of nagged away a little bit it's, was I the one that she thought was or was it one of the independents um, and I think it was probably one of the independents she thought was um, but I, yeah that was just an intriguing it's one to throw an interesting in. question although I, I can sort of understand it um, in, in a sense it's a strange one to, to, to throw in um, but I don't, I don't know what the rules would be in terms of PCC because in the assembly you have to you have declare to it. In Westminster, um, I don't think you do, do you? Um, I'm not certain to be honest. I'm not sure. Well, I know you do in the assembly because they introduced it midway yeah, through the assembly. You didn't do, they? yeah. So, yeah, interesting one. Hmm. I'm going to give you a top Hastings tip. Don't speak Latin. Boris Johnson's probably the only person who can get away with it. And I learned to my detriment when I was asked a question. It was about assisted suicide, and it was in, um, it was in Cardigan. And um, I, I answered, um, I suggested um, volenti non fit injuria, which means that, which, 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 is, which, is, um, which talks about consent to being harmed. So say a boxer, Consents to a level of harm when it steps when he steps okay. into the ring, but it was it was just a, a throwaway comment, and I was absolutely panned for that. And it's something that I didn't even think of at the time. It's just something that came to mind as a as a, a budding lawyer at that time. So yes, that's a that's a top tip. Actually, funnily enough, at that particular hustings that dragged on for so long. I think after about three and a quarter hours. I did say I really need the loo. <laughs> I need the loo now. 
Um, can we can we wrap this up? Did you have to put your hand up to ask a question? I, 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 <laughs> um, pretty much yes. So I asked, I asked the chair, and they didn't want to they didn't want to wrap it up. And I said, right, I'll be back in a minute. So I had to go off, go to the loo, and then come back to then give a and then give a uh, closing remark. So that that did go on. That was a good hustings actually. When I think about it, that was um, I think that was organised by the. Uh, Chamber of yeah, Chamber of Commerce or Chamber of Trade in uh, in, in Cardigan, and that had a good um, cross representation of, uh, of the public. It, it's quite interesting the the organizer element because I think it does. I mean, all, all credit to these organisations for organising them because if you don't, then these things aren't happening. Mm. But I slightly wish that we had a situation where in each constituency the local authority was required to take out a school hall mm. uh, or allow a school hall booking for a hustings and then all the organisations come in. Maybe they can even have a bit of space to put their stands up so they can mm. argue their point. Mm. Um, but that we have one big session where people mm. can feed in ideas and, and I, I, I realise that probably the geography of some constituencies requires a number of these rather than one but... Um, probably if every constituency worked on the basis of having a minimum of two and in more rural areas more than that mm. and you could sort of pump all the focus into those events then mm. it's not only good for the candidates because they're reaching a wider audience at the time but it's also far more entertaining for the audience because they're seeing mm. a wide range of questions yeah. being asked and, and it's fairer yeah I would say uh, I'd suggest um, of course one thing we were forgetting is that you've chaired a hustings I have. There's a very good photograph with a massive mural of Donald Duck behind me. <laughs> um, and I'm looking very serious and the duck's looking very smiley. <laughs> I have, yes. Uh, yes. How, how did you find that then? Having been on the um, receiving <laughs> end as a candidate, how did you...? I, I was on the receiving end as a Tory candidate and... Mm -hmm running this hustings, I think I was on the receiving end from the Tories to a certain extent. They were not impressed that I was chairing the hustings, or at least some of them weren't. Um, yeah, it was it was an odd one to come about. Um, Newport West had a by-election following Paul Finn's death um, in early 2019. Oh, it feels like longer ago than that mm. now. Um, and... I think there were about a dozen parties contested it. Yeah, um, as, as you'd expect in a by-election. Yeah, you do get a lot in a by-election. Um, and there were no hustings arranged. Mm. Newport isn't the most proactive place at arranging hustings. I mean, you're 27 in one election in Ceredigion. You know, in the general election of 2015, I did three hustings. Mm. Or four, if you include the Twitter ones. Mm. Um, so they... I don't think any had been arranged at this stage. Um, and we had a party contesting them called the Renew Party. And the Renew Party were an interesting bunch. Um, they uh, were very much um, a legacy of the Brexit referendum in many ways. They were very much pro-Remain, um, very liberal in outlook, um, but didn't see a future with the Lib Dems, I think it's probably fair to say at that point in time. Um, and um, I mean, the, the stories of, of them and the Newport West by-election are quite considerable and include a plane and 
T-shirts and various things, but we can't really get into that. No. But they took the initiative and said, look, no hustings are arranged. We'd like to have some hustings. And all I can say about the way they went about this was that it was very much above board. It was very mm -hmm. fair. They wanted everybody there. Um, yes, they probably wouldn't have done this if they didn't have confidence that their candidate was going to look good in the situation. Mm -hmm. Accept that. That's fair enough. Mm -hmm. um, and they were quite keen to empty chair any parties that didn't, didn't turn out. Um, although I have to say, on balance, I think empty chairing is, is quite reasonable at Hustings. As mm. frustrated as I was when I couldn't make one, I don't think it's unreasonable. Um, and uh, everybody but Labour and the Conservatives, essentially the only two parties mm. who realistically were going to win, mm. um, turned up. Now, actually, with the nature of television debates we've had since, we've got used to these sort of parties of the challenge of, mm. uh, sorry, these. A debate of challenger parties haven't we so mm. it kind of fits into that idea I suppose in a way and I think it was quite good because it did give a platform to parties who would struggle to get noticed otherwise mm. it was um, the one I chaired was held in pill that uh, Renew were also behind one that was uh, hosted by the Students Union at the University of South Wales Interestingly, uh, some of those who complained about the fact that Renew were organising the one were saying, well, we'll be at the students' one because that's not organised by a party. Well, actually, it was Renew who talked to the students to say, will you organise mm. our things? Um, but I think it was, it was interesting from that point of view that you, you had this range of opinions. I think a panel of um, nine or ten candidates is very hard to keep entertaining. Mm. Um, even four can be a <laughs> challenge at times. Mm. Two or three works quite well, <laughs> as I think we see with the TV debates. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I had my concerns about it because we had a couple of parties who, um, look, they themselves would disagree with this, but... Um, I think would widely be categorised as far right mm. um, taking part in that and I I don't believe in no platforming parties mm. like that I think it's far better that they get challenged in fact I think you push them underground mm. if you try and remove them from things mm. um, which, which it, is a topic for another it, well, uh, possibly uh, it yeah, is but, um, but nonetheless it's it's a difficult dynamic to mm. deal with. Um, I mean, I actually got asked at the start of that to, to s this is an exclusive. I got asked to rearrange the seating because there was a vacant seat and one of the candidates didn't want to be photographed immediately next to a candidate for the For Britain party. Mm. Um, and I agreed to that. I thought it, I wouldn't have re rearranged people if they were there, but as it was an empty seat, that mm. that seemed reasonable. Um, interestingly, I actually think that the the sort of more extreme wing 
of this hustings got quite frustrated mm -hmm. as the event went along because it you know it was very sensible questions mm -hmm. being asked by the audience it was very general questions a bit of a row about brexit inevitably mm -hmm. um but not much beyond that and it was actually in the sort of closing statement that one of them sort of started going on a an immigration mm -hmm. um it probably wouldn't be accurate to describe it as a rant but the you know the kind of language mm -hmm. that it would have entailed um and it was met with um, a very healthy disdain from the audience um, which you know again I think is is you know, quite encouraging that there, there isn't a um, any enthusiasm for such mm. um, such views but it it was something that was absolutely on my mind throughout that I had such a, a divergence of views on that panel mm. and not just a matter of you know the center right disagreeing on policy with the mm. center left but actually very very different value sets mm. um yeah i i'm really pleased with how it went i don't want to do another one anytime soon well that's going to be my next question though <laughs> did you uh, it's a case of uh, poacher turned gamekeeper, I suppose. <laughs> so I think if, if it was mainstream parties, yeah, I'd be quite relaxed about it. Um, I think because you had for Britain mm. and um, oh, what's the other one? The chap from Penarth set up um, Democrats and veterans, veterans oh, and Democrats, yes. something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, taking part um, didn't really know what to expect from the abolished mm. assembly party mm. um, actually surprisingly because you'd have almost thought that their answer particularly bear in mind this was a parliamentary election as well mm. uh, you'd have almost thought that their answer to everything would have been well we'll abolish the assembly and that would mm. be it they were quite engaging actually <laughs> they were quite interesting mm. um, and um, and both their candidate and um, their, their media spokesperson was there as well or the media coordinator or whatever um, and uh, they were very nice to chat to actually mm. um, but going in I didn't know quite what to expect from them I knew the green candidate beforehand she's incredibly good at these kind of things um, I knew the Lib Dem candidate beforehand um, I'd met the Renew candidate so with those I had a bit more idea mm. what, what that was going to be although I did wonder to what extent that you might have them trying to pivot to oppose the, the sort of far right Mm. candidates who were there mm. um, so no a, a good experience um, without but wishing to blow my own trumpet quite a lot of people were very complimentary afterwards mm. um, including some who were on the panel um, but yeah but you wouldn't was, want it to was be a different a very different kind of pressure mm. to actually taking part mm. and answering the questions yeah mm. so there's yeah, so so quite a broad range of um, experiences then, um, over the years. And you know what? I quite enjoy hustings. It's not the best use of my time as a candidate, but actually, part of standing for election is wanting people to ask questions of you, and you to give your answer. And if they disagree with you, that's fine. You know, they they suss that out whether mm -hmm. the, whether you're mm -hmm. the right candidate for them. This is what these things should be about, and it's far better that you have that face-to-face -face contact than you do just rely on a leaflet that, mm. you know, 
says how awful the others are and how good mm. you are. Um, would you like one final tip? Go on. Before 2015, before each of the Hastings, I was particularly aware that this was very much an environment in which Paul Flynn thrived. You know, he he liked the combative element. He liked the theatre of it. He liked an audience. Mm. And actually, my approach during those hustings was very much not to worry too much about what Paul was doing and work on the basis that his voters and my voters probably don't... Um, there probably isn't much crossover, mm. to be honest. I'm probably not going to win many off him. He's probably not going to win many off me. So, you know, we're just trying to maximise our own vote. Um, but I was very aware that he was probably the toughest debater that I would ever be in a hustings with. And I think that's probably true. Mm. Um, interestingly, what I would regard as my best hustings was one where he and the Lib Dem candidate really went at each other. And mm. it kind of allowed me to... Um, be the, the the moderate, sensible one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but before each of those hustings, I listened to the Dixie Chicks to chill me out. <laughs> um, and it's Travelling Soldier by the Dixie Chicks. Um, and it's just such a gentle, tranquil, it's got a bit of emotion in it. But you don't want to go into a hustings being fired up. Because if you're fired up, then it will come across as aggressive. You n there's going to be so many reasons why you're going to get annoyed mm. during that two hours or whatever it is. If you go in with a calm mindset, prepared to talk slowly to an audience who wants to listen to you, then you're going to do well. Mm. If you're a bit wound up by it, then you're not going to. So thank you to the Dixie Chicks. Yeah, that's a pretty niche tip. A couple of tips that we've actually given are fairly niche interests I would say in, in fact just thinking about it despite everything that I've said about Hustings and the miserable time I've had at some of them I quite enjoyed them as well um, in the end and I, and I do think that that you if you're standing for election you are there to be accountable to the electorate and that's direct um, situation where people are able to ask you questions and you provide an answer is something that is, is good in politics generally. And I'd like to thank the audience for their questions and the candidates for taking part.